So now to LZ and Cap with you here. LZ out today. Just me and Cap. Frank Vogel's going to join us any second now. Laura will let me know when he's there. Um, I did see this interesting fact today on Uberfacts. And it says, on average, people who get out of bed at 7 a.m. perform better at work, tend to be happier, less stressed, and thinner. Capital, uh, are you an early riser? Very early riser. Every day. doesn't matter what day of the week it is. doesn't matter what time of uh, night I went to sleep. Very early riser. How about you? Not me. I like to get up after 7 a.m. for sure. Um, occasionally, I will get up before then if I just, you know, when my body naturally wakes up. But that's what I try to do. I try to um, sleep until my body says, all right, I'm good. Because occasionally, I will, I will wake up and fall right back asleep. So as long as I'm still falling right back asleep, I'm going to sleep. Yeah, I'm one of those people that looks on Instagram and sees, like, do you know any of these, like, former Navy SEALs? Have you ever seen a guy named Jocko Willenick? Have you ever seen him? No, I don't know Uh, who Jocko is. Yeah, he's a former Navy SEAL. He's become, like, kind of an Instagram influencer. Or do you know who David Goggins is? No. Okay, well, listen. I don't don't spend very much time on Instagram. Okay, well, um, I will tell you this. I see a lot of your children on Instagram. And that's how I get to keep up with your familia. Yeah, but that's but, that's pretty much it. Like, but it, I see it, yeah. um, some of these like Navy SEALs. They'll like put their watch on and they'll go. It's four thirty in the morning. What are you doing? And I'm like, okay, I guess I better get going. Yeah, no hell with that, dude. Yeah. What about Laura? Laura, what time are you getting up? I get up around six thirty in the morning. Damn, girl. Mm-hmm. Wake up early. Get that day going, especially on a Monday morning. I saw your tweet early this morning. It was like, yo, what up, people? It's Monday. Let's get this thing fired up. Is that what you tweeted, Laura? Something like that. She tweeted something. Sorry, like guys. I just got Frank Vogel on the line. Oh, so okay. He's more well, important than you guys. He's a, he, is, he is more important than <laughs> us. There's no question. The Lakers have won two in a row. The head coach of your world champion, Los Angeles Lakers, friend of the program, Frank Vogel, joins us now here. Uh, Frank, I, I, was, I was just telling the guys that he dropped? Yeah, he just dropped. Oh, okay. So oh, he's back. There he is. I want to know what time he wakes up. Yeah. Frank, are you there? I am here. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we got you. I was just telling the crew that uh, you know it's a good game for you when you don't have to talk to me in the third quarter. Hell, you wouldn't have had to have talked to me in the first quarter yesterday. That's always the plan with these national televised games. Like, if we could just get up 30 by the end of the third, then I don't have to do that in-game interview, and, and everything's just easier that way. <laughs> How much do you hate talking to us in that scenario? And I know you're a nice guy, so you 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 will do whatever it takes to do whatever, you know, the league wants and, and the partners want. But I know you guys hate talking to us in the middle of a game. It's uh... – it's good for the big picture, right? It's good for the game. You know, it's good for the fans to have that, that type of access. But, you know, obviously when you're in that moment and, uh, you know, the quarter comes to a close, all you're thinking about is your rotations and what sets you want to run coming out to start the fourth. And uh, you're just thinking about winning the game. So it is, it is a little bit of a distraction. But, you know, again, you just uh, keep the big picture in mind. It's just part of well- the job. The funny thing is, I always end up. I, it doesn't. It, sometimes it happens with you, but it feels like my biggest nightmare, and it happens regularly, is like your team is up, and then all of a sudden you blow a lead, and now you're like trailing or it's tied, and I got to deal with an upset version of you or whoever is is coaching in that scenario. I feel like that happens all the time. So if it happens again when it's you and me, just be aware I didn't do that. Okay, that, that was your team who did that. I'm going to take it out on you, George. I'm going to go straight Coach Popovich on you next time You know we lose a lead and, and you're, you're right in front of me like that. Listen, I got Popovich to crack a couple of years ago and laugh, okay? That is a rare occurrence. So, uh, But, Scott, can you ask Frank what we were talking about with Sean McVay the other day? We were talking about dancing. 
uh, Coach Vogel. So I, I want Scott to ask you the question that we posed to McVeigh. Well, Coach, good afternoon. It's great to talk to you for the first time. How are you today? Good, Scott. How you doing? Doing really great, Coach. Thank you very much. So, yeah, so Raheem Morris is the new defensive coordinator of the Rams. He came on the air. He told us Sean McVay is a great dancer. We bring Sean on. He tells us a couple of vodkas. He's a great dancer. We asked the question, if you could dance, what do you say? A uh, couple of beers. I'm a good dancer. There we go. <laughs> same answer. <laughs> yeah, same answer. You know, if, uh, if I'm at a wedding or something like that, yeah, I'll, I'll bust into some moves. But I'm not a great dancer overall, no. No, wedding I mean, listen, dancer, though. Wedding when you dancer. Won, when you won the championship, did you get down a little bit? No. No, we were in a bubble. There's no party. We had a, you know, a little restaurant. That's it. There was no major celebration. <laughs> well, Coach, let me ask you this. Though. Let me jump right into it, because what I'm curious about is this. When Anthony Davis goes out, and you guys now know it's going to be a while, do you have to sit down with the assistant coaches and kind of go back to the drawing board of, well, what do we do? How do we adjust? What do we have? And how do we go about winning games? I mean, can you just talk us through what happens on the realization that Anthony Davis isn't going to be with you for a while and then having to make changes to the lineup? Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's exactly what you do. You know, you have to adjust. Um, you have a, a few different ways you can go with your, with your lineups and, you know, your style of play and whatnot. And um, the number one thing that comes to mind, obviously, is, is making sure that, you know, we don't put too much of it on, on LeBron or on any one player, you know, to try to pick up the slack. You know, it's got to be a team effort. Um, but you do go through the, you know, the different scenarios you can do, you can go with uh, with your starting lineup and how you're going to use rotation and what, you know, how, how guys' roles are going to change. So um, we came out of the gates with one way. We lost a few in a row. We, we shifted and, um, you know, we got, we got beaten at that Utah game, but um, the last two have been pretty good. All right. Uh, Frank, as far as like making these changes to the lineup and, and, you know, Hey, here's a starting rotation. Things aren't going so well. Let's start over here and see what we got. Um, Is it remotely predictable at all? Well, sure. I mean, you know, you you have a way that you think you can win. And, um, you know, when you see it play out on the floor, you know, you see some, some areas that, uh, present problems you know one of the problems I, I felt like with the first first three games is we were playing a nine-man rotation and I felt like I wanted to go a little deeper than that you know so um you know that's that's what the the shift in the starting lineup really triggered is, is trying to go one more deep so you know hopefully uh we we're shooting the ball so poorly you know so hopefully you know getting another guy in there and, and shrinking guys minutes a little bit and the rotations down a little bit uh would just help us uh stay a little more fresh than, than we looked in some of those games Frank Vogel, the head coach of your world champion Los Angeles Lakers, with us here on 710 ESPN. So, obviously, having Schroeder has been a huge lift for you guys. Um, but I noticed yesterday you were staggering him and LeBron some. Um, what went into that, Frank? Yeah, it was just a, it was a game one uh, plan with Dennis coming back where, um, you know, obviously we've been struggling with the lineups when LeBron's out of the game. And, uh, you know, obviously using Dennis – uh, in those in those minutes uh, would be beneficial, but at the same time he he hadn't been out of court for a week or so, so we were concerned about his legs and conditioning. So you know, the coaching staff and I just discussed potentially using a, a short first uh, sub for him for Dennis, you know, get him out of there before the seven minute mark, and then bring him back for LeBron, you know, so he can be fresh uh, in those minutes when LeBron's out. And um, you know, the first two games we've done that, it's, it's looked pretty good. Um, so we'll probably stick with it for now. 
Coach, I want to ask you about LeBron and minutes. You know, when the losing streak was happening, the one thing people were saying was LeBron's playing too much. And my question is, you know, can you sit him? I mean, what goes into his playing or not playing? Do you guys talk about it before games? I'm just curious because it's got to be kind of a weird position. Like, dude, I think you need to sit, but he says, I don't want to sit. No, it's a it's a group decision. You know what I mean? Like, if, if we feel like he, he needs to sit and, you know, we can uh, talk to him and, and talk to the medical team and all come up with a group decision that we all agree with, um, you know, then that can be the right right thing to do. But if he's feeling well and wants to play, uh, we're going to have him out there. And, um, you know, we trust him. He knows his body more than anyone. Uh, Mike Nancias, the medical team, knows his body more than anyone. And uh, if there's a reason to sit, he'll sit. But if there's not, then, then we expect him to, you know, he, he wants to be in there, and uh, we're going to welcome him being in there. And I, I just think it's such a great example for, uh, you know, not only the rest of his teammates, but, you know, I think the younger generation, you know, of, of this league. Um, you know, as you've seen a lot of uh, a lot of teams move towards guys sitting out and missing a lot of games. You know, I just think he's such a great example. So uh, we make these decisions as a group. Um, he's always open-minded to hear everyone's perspective, uh, as are we. Uh, to hear his perspective. And um, like I said, we, we make these decisions as a group. Frank Vogel right. jo- joining us here. Go ahead, Scott. I'm sorry. Well, uh, Frank, I think it's really super interesting to hear you talk about that because I think a lot of us have a perception. Like, you just can't tell him what to do or when to sit, but it sounds like it's a, a collaboration amongst the entire team. No, it, it absolutely is. You know, and um, we've had a great partnership. You know, I, I think since, since LeBron's been here, beginning with, with uh, Rob Plink and Kurt Rambis and LeBron, and then uh, myself and my coaching staff since we got here to just talk these things out and see what makes sense. And, um, you know, when you collaborate and you make group decisions, uh, usually you're, you're moving things in the right direction and, and you're making pretty smart decisions with things. So, um, you know, it's a great process that's worked for us this far, and we'll continue to do so. Frank, you've won two in a row since the, the four-game losing streak. The Jazz game, though, like – how do you how do you deal with that after? Do you just throw that one away? Do you do you put yourself through the misery of watching it again as a group? Like, how does that work? You know, if we uh, if we had practice scheduled, uh, we would have watched it as a group and just looked at at ways we could have been better. You know, we we always remove the result of the game from our film sessions. You know, like let's just look at uh, you know sort of what happened. Look at how how well we executed our habits. You know, some things tactically we could do differently. And, and let's try to grow from this game, regardless of whether we, we won, we lost, uh, we won big, we lost big. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, this was a, a situation where after the overtime game and traveling, I felt like our team was fatigued. Uh, so I gave them off the next day uh, and, and, the, and the next morning off of, uh, you know, leading into the Portland game uh, to try to just come into that game as, as fresh as possible with our minds and, and with our bodies. And, um, you know, all we really said about that, that Utah game is we, we sucked last game. Let's put it behind us and let's beat, beat Portland. And, um, you know, sometimes that's the right approach. Sometimes it's not. But uh, that's what we did in that game. We were able to get, job, get the job done versus the Blazers. Can, can, can you give me uh, – see, I, I'm going to play – we're going to do a little role play here because I didn't get a chance to talk to you yesterday in game. But my guy Dave Pash got the greatest answer from you in that Portland game in the third quarter. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I want you to recreate that. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. All right. I, I, I'm, I'm Dave Passion, Frank Vogel, Lakers head coach for this year. You know, Frank, Portland is, uh, you know, you've taken the lead here in this situation. What's the key to winning the game uh, the rest of the way here? Oh, no. 
Yeah, I think he said, what's the key to winning the fourth quarter? And I, you know, my answer was simple. If I should have pulled down my mask to show a smile because, like, you know, with the mask, you don't really get to show your true emotions. So, you know, it was said in jest, but we've got, we've got to slow down Dame Dollar. That's, that's what it comes out. We know he's going to have the ball. So that's the yeah. guy we've got to slow down. And I, and I <laughs> loved obvious, it. I was right? – I was sitting on my couch howling of laughter. They were, too, on the broadcast because of, what, of the way you said it. Now, you didn't have to take the mask off because I could just tell with the way your face moved and your eyes moved that you were you were having a ball with that. But you were right, but also you nailed it. Like, that to me, I want that. I want you to give everybody's nickname every time you do that. Like, I feel like that could be your move. Well, it was almost like, hey, let's, let's face the obvious here. we got to slow down that guy. Right. Period. Hey, Frank, uh, let, me, let me talk to you about something that's non-Laker, non-basketball. You ready? Okay. All right. Uh, George told me, because I've been a big proponent of the Let Them Play California movement, and happy to see that high school sports are coming back. George tells me you have some high school athletes in the family. Is that right? I, I do, yes. Can we hear a little bit more about who, what they play, et cetera? Yeah, I, I have two daughters uh, that play soccer and one potentially playing lacrosse. Um, you know, at, uh, at our local high school. And, um, you know, they've been out all year. And, you know, they're, they're just now talking about, we actually have a meeting tomorrow night um, about the resumption of play and what that's all going to look like. So, you know, we're, we're really uh, excited about it. Uh, I think it's long overdue. And, um, you know, I'll be excited to see uh, if we'll be able to go and watch some soccer games hopefully soon. How old are the girls and what grades are they in? I have a junior and, and, and freshman. Okay, so gotcha. 17, just turned 17 and 14. And are they club soccer players as well or high school players? Well, yeah, they both play club, but, you know, the way, you know, with the pandemic, there's always, you know, certain restrictions. And, um, you know, I think they're going to be put in a position where they have to choose one or the other, you know, because obviously you don't want to, uh, you know, your, your athletes playing with a certain group of players, you know, and potentially being exposed to the virus and then bringing that back to your, you know, your team group. So, you know, there's some restrictions there, some tough decisions, and um, that's kind of what we're going through in our household right now. Oh, dude, I know, man. I've been there. Well, not through the pandemic, but I had a daughter who played high school soccer, club soccer, went on to play college soccer, and just, I mean, it's the greatest thing ever. Like, I thought, oh, my God, I've got three daughters. I need to have a boy to play some sports. But I'm telling you, watching your girls play sports, I, I mean, it was like my favorite, favorite, favorite thing to do. I don't know how much you must love it as well, but, um, and especially going from yeah. coach to, to father and fan. Yeah, I don't miss I don't miss a game if I'm in town or if I can be there. I'm going to be there, and you know it's been that way since they were, you know, four and six years old. You know, uh, it is just one of the most enjoyable things in my life, and something I miss very dearly. Frank Vogel with us here. Last thing before we let you go, we were making fun of Scott because he, um, he 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 occasionally takes uh, one too many selfies for my liking personally. That is not true, uh, Coach. That is yeah, not it, true. It is. It's fine. It's not he true, just Coach. Won't, he, he won't admit it. It's fine. You know, it's okay. Uh, Frank Vogel, ever are you a selfie guy at all or no? I would say minimally. You know, okay. I think uh-huh. like if I'm in a place. Uh, you know, where I want to, you know, send a, a picture to my wife and daughters of, hey, look where I'm at. I might right. take a selfie in, in those situations. Right. Um, I, do, I do take, you know, when, when I'm taking pictures of my, myself and my daughters uh, or myself and my wife, I, I do think the selfie is, uh, is, is more appropriate than you handing your phone to somebody to take your picture. Especially now. Right? Yeah, that's, totally. That's the right way to do it. Very effective. And, and I'd also, I'll throw this two cents into the selfie that, Nobody does autographs anymore. There's no autographs, mm-hmm. right? The, the modern-day autograph is, is, can I get a picture with you? So, 
right? You, know, you get selfies in those situations. Of course, pre pre pandemic. Right now, it's like let's be you know stand six, six feet apart. <laughs> if you want my picture, you stand over there. The camera take the picture taker stands over there. <laughs> yeah, you know, those types of things. So, dude, it's funny because I was at the airport doing a game, doing your game in the preseason against against Phoenix, and I ran into Charles Barkley. And even with a mask on, six he didn't even care about six feet. People were asking him; he'd still do it. Uh, I was like, Charles, you're a better man than me, bro. I am not. I am not pulling that off. But good lord, but yeah, I, I am. I am with you there. Coach, yeah. always a pleasure, man. Thank you for making time for us. Best of luck, continued success, and uh, we'll talk to you down the line soon. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks. Take care. Thanks, you Frank. got it. There he is. Frank Vogel, head coach of your Los Angeles Lakers.